More Than Words, Episode 6. Hello and welcome to the Ignite Youth Podcast here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams and I'm joined by our youth pastor. I was going to say our pastor, yeah. the youth, Wes. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Wes. How is it going? I'm doing good. Good. Yeah. We, I think we both just got back from vacation. No, that was a while ago, wasn't it? No. That was the other episode. Yep. This is why this is what happens when you record things ahead and then try to figure out. But yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to part six of More Than Words. And yeah, so we're just kind of diving in and still going through kind of like the story of Abram and uh, we're gonna be using all scripture today and it's gonna be good. Um, so yeah, let's just let's just dive yeah, right let's in. Let's go for it. So yeah, I'm gonna read uh, just a, just two quick verses. And the first verse is Genesis 12:4, and that's what it says. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with them. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. And now this is Joshua 24, verse 2. Joshua said to people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River. They worshipped other gods. So there's two verses, and they Joshua gives historical context to Abraham, mm-hmm. which is really important for us to know. Because when God appears to Abraham for the first time, Abraham uh, is an idolater. So mm-hmm. he, he worships other gods, and he actually worships the moon god, Nanar. Mm-hmm. Um, so when God actually makes himself known to Abraham and invites him to be part of God's story, he also calls Abram to separate himself from his past. So God is saying, you know, he calls Abram to leave his homeland. He calls, you know, to move toward God, but also call to move away from everything that was dragging him down. Mm-hmm. So Abram has grown up in a culture of believing in multiple gods because the Jewish people were the only people who believed in monotheism which was the worshiping of one god okay where in babylon or anywhere past euphrates north of israel set like egyptians had so many gods well i think they probably didn't want to put all their eggs in one basket right is that what they were doing no they just just had multiple gods for any kind of situation they had um gods for fertility they had gods for rain they had gods for sun they had gods for just sight they wisdom all these other things um and similar to other cultures that we see even in north american like indigenous culture there's Mm. gods and spirits that they worship and believe to help with certain things yeah um so this this was a world phenomenon like this 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 happened everywhere yeah but the jewish people believe in monotheism so god being a monotheistic god calls abraham and like this introduction to abraham i imagine abraham thinking Oh, this is another God, and then slowly learning, or t- no, this is this is different. This is this one singular, which would have been very revolutionary to yeah. kind of the time period, because you had so like so many people believed in different gods. Like so many people had like their main god, and then all the other little gods that they. So if you were more of a fisherman, you'd believe mm. more in a god of the sea or fish or of. Water. bountifulness or like anything yeah. like that and you'd have got like the sun or different things or a storm or so you have like even greek gods roman mm-hmm. gods well romans can't count because they cheated they took other people's gods <laughs> they they did that's what they did but so abram is called by by god to one to worship him only mm-hmm. two to leave 
his old life behind and become something new, to do something new. Yeah. See, for us, we have to relate to this very well because the, the call to follow Jesus is not a casual one. No. I think, I think in our society we've made it casual, but, mm-hmm. but it's not casual because to simply just take Je- we don't just simply take Jesus and add him to our current lifestyle. Ah. The call to follow Jesus is a call of separation from everything that is not Christ. You know, it's, it's, it's dying to who we once were. And Paul puts it very plainly. So this is second Corinthians verse five, uh, chapter five, verse 17. And it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. There's definitely another Cray song that says that. And I can't remember <laughs> it, but, but it's very, this is what it's saying. It's very true for Abram's life. And I think yeah. especially it has to be true for our lives. So Abram, the old does die away. Mm-hmm. He, he leaves his homeland. He leaves everything he's known and now is, is on this new journey with God. And I think that Abram's story actually can relate to us very well because of this idea of life. So believing the old life, being the new one. Abram's 75 years old with God yeah. at this time. So when he leaves and starts following, he's 75 years old. So he'd be pretty set in his ways. He'd be pretty and... set in his ways. But Abram also lives how long? Oh, I don't know. Like he... hundreds of years. Hundred? No, that's more Noah's age. So like okay. hundred and. Someone tell Wes. Someone pause, email pause, Wes. Pause. <laughs> um, Abram lived. Life of Abram. Do, this is why do, Google's do, great. Do, do, I know. Do, I know. Do, 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 okay, I spelled things wrong. Hold on, people. How? That's loud. Sorry for everyone's ears. He lived to 175 years old. Okay, so his life wasn't even half over. So his life wasn't half over, but I think this is a really interesting thing for us. The really interesting thing is that Abram's 75 years old, so he's lived almost like what we would say an entire life. Mm-hmm. Now the old is gone. He's starting this new journey with God, and he lives another 100 years. Yeah. This new life is you could use the imagery very well of of he's the new life is gone. I mean the old life is gone. The new has begun. Yeah, that imagery very well. And in Romans, um, Paul Paul says this in Romans six eleven. So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. That that when we become Christian, we actually live this new life. That we are we are not the same as we once were. That's, yeah. There's, there's not just like an emotional or a spiritual difference, but a physiological difference, physiological difference yeah. to us. Um, and the reason for such strong language in Romans is because there's temptation to fall back to that old life, to go back to the way things are, to yeah. just add Jesus to our current lifestyle instead of actually changing to what's going on. Well, there's also, there's that saying that better to have the What's the saying where it's better to have the devil you know than the devil you don't? It's like kind of like it's yeah. comfort, right? Like you yeah. know, you know it's not great, but at least it's familiar. Well, Whereas it's, the new is so unfamiliar yeah. and you just don't know that it's, well, it's going like, to be a good new. It's like you said of Abram, he's set in his ways. Yeah. We get so we're such stubborn people. Oh man, say it again. We are such stubborn people and we like to be in routine and have our ways and just keep things the way they are. We really yep, like to. We do. And, but there's something 
that is written in Second Peter, in Second Peter 22, and it's very interesting. I think this will disgust a lot of people, where it says, um, the Bible kind of equates, uh, you know, our longing um, for our former selves in this way, um, that it's almost like a dog returning to its vomit. Ew. Right? Does it say that in the Bible? Yeah. It says a dog returning to its vomit. I'm going to fact check that. Let's after. fact check it. Fact check it. Someone <laughs> fact check it. I have it written here on my page, but um, it's Second Peter 22. I'll believe Second you. Second Peter 2, 22. Sorry. Um, I'll believe you. But it's something that we all go through. Yeah. This, this idea of wanting to return to the way things were. We, we find comfort in it. We find, I guess, belonging in it. Yeah. Um, it's known. Yeah. It's known. Yeah. And he shares his frustration with us in Romans 7. Because Paul understands this, I think, very well. Paul, we know the story of Paul, someone who was hunted Christians, who was not nice to Christians at all, to then believing in Christ, being shown, like, seeing Christ after the resurrection, going, being blind, to doing all this, choosing to follow Christ, choosing to be an apostle, choose, like, mm-hmm. all of these things. And he says this in Romans 7, verse 14 to 15. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I do not. Instead, I do what I hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, to me, is one of the most relatable verses in all of Scripture. Yep. Because we we know what is good and we know what is right, but so we still don't always do it. No. And I think, like, when we when we really think about it, when we come into this new relationship with Christ, we're we're pulled so hard to be like, no, just come back to this old way, just do yeah. this the old way. You were doing fine, and it's like, yeah. no, we weren't actually. How we do things that we actually hate. It's encouraging and discouraging at the same time. On one hand, it is comforting to know that it it is a struggle that happens to even the best of believers. Yeah. But it's also frightening to know that we'll probably never escape the struggle completely. Yep. I find what we do in Christianity a lot, I'm going to call it out a little bit, is when when we have people get baptized or accept Christ into their lives, we're like, okay, done, good, that person's great. For it's like, <laughs> no, we, we need to set up more support because... The journey has just begun. The journey just yeah. begun. And let's be honest, the hardest part of a relationship is usually the beginning. Yeah. The hardest part is usually the beginning. So when being the youth pastor, when we're journeying with youth who have just accepted Christ or just got baptized, I'm so focused on those first month, those first few months, because I'm like, this is when life is going to be the hardest. Yep. I experienced it when I got baptized. The next few months of my life, terribly hard. Mm-hmm. And I kept doing what Paul said right here. I want to do what is right, but I don't. Instead, I do what I hate. I really fell away from God when I got after I got baptized. So after I really chose to center myself and follow Christ, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do this." And life was like, "No," <laughs> knocked you down. It yeah. knocked me down. Yeah. And so, the Christian life is a fight. I think that that's that's a very good way of putting it. It is a fight. Yeah. Because like we talk about it, how there's there's spiritual warfare all around us and all yes. these things. We talk, we've talked about it before. I've mentioned before how when Jesus came, he said, you know, when a, when a, when a doctor comes, who does he help? The sick. The sick. Mm-hmm. Jesus came for the unrighteous, for the sick, for those to help. We are all unrighteous. We are all sick. We all need help. So, yeah, we have the decision of Christ. 
but who does this like the sickness go for it it doesn't necessarily go for the ones that's already sick it no, goes for it the ones who are the healthy. healthy yeah christians are targeted constantly in the spiritual warfare mm-hmm. people who believe in jesus people who follow jesus one like even the best believer we see paul one of the best believers written yeah. so many of the new testaments was such an influential apostle christians today follow him almost as much as sometimes jesus yeah fell and was not always great and did things that he hate yeah we need to remember that we're in a fight that this life that we're living with god it is so important it is so needed that we need to have this relationship with god because god is on our side in that fight like we got to remember that in our partnership we are with god and the battle's already been won. The battle's been won. And that's a huge point to bring up. Yeah. Because every time when, when we feel tempted, when we feel like going back to the lifestyle, to remember, no, like it's like that's already done. Yeah. Like, to remember that part is dead. To go into this new life and be like, hey, God, let's walk together. Let's go with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's the other part that's important to remember that when you feel like you're under attack, mm-hmm. you're not you're not there alone yeah you're not at all like you're never you're not no matter what you are in life where you are you're never actually alone in it and that's no. something to remember and it's something i think we sometimes when we're in that headspace of feeling tempted to go back and anything it's like all of a sudden we lose every sense of god sometimes <laughs> we do i know and but it's it's creating space and in those thoughts or maybe putting stuff around us where we can be like no god is with me like Carrie and I, like we sometimes have verses around the house and mm-hmm. different things like that. So when, when we're feeling like trained or mentally exhausted, or just like, I don't want it. Like I'm just done. And seeing those verses and seeing that, like, no, wait, I'm, I'm not alone in this. Like God is with me in this. Yeah. I am with God. Like we're still traveling together. We're still working on things. Like it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that this idea of a fight is sometimes absent from our, our christian minds of thinking especially in our in our culture and anabaptist culture yep because we we have such a big thing on being pacifists and everything i like human to human absolutely being pacifist is super important yeah but in the spiritual warfare sense i think we do need to fight we do yeah. need to have ways to combat against this temptation this this desire to go back to old life and that mm-hmm. is through Jesus, that is following. That is remembering that we are together. That is remembering that we are never alone. So, what are we? What are we actually meant to do? And with this, I think the thing we're meant to do is to remember and to realize that when we're called into this new life, that when when we start this new adventure, whether we are just starting off, or whether we deep into this journey of Christ, to remember that at at the times when life is like, oh, let's just give up. Let's just go back. To remember we're not alone in it. To remember that we are in a fight where Jesus is on our side. Mm. Like the Son of God, the thing all things are created through is on our side and it is right with us. Yeah. Whether carrying us, holding our hand, shielding us, comforting us, always with us. Yeah. And that's something super important for us to remember. That's an excellent reminder. Thank you, Pastor Wes. If you'd like to talk to Wes anymore, if you have questions or would like to discuss any of this or... Um, are curious more about our youth program you can reach him at wes at waynefleetbic.com and my email address is julie at waynefleetbic.com so thanks so much for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you next week have a great week